just happened to look over there and see that, and I was like, I'm starting it this episode. I, I talk about doing it a lot, and uh, we were talking about doing the, the, the bad dad joke of the, I wouldn't be weak, but every show do at least one bad dad one joke. One bad dad joke. Well, my daughter Caitlin got me for Christmas, like, God, it's been two or three years ago now, is a desk calendar <laughs> of bad dad jokes. Okay. So what I would do is, you know, you tear one day off, you know, and then there's you got the next day, and you just discard the day before. You saved them all. No, not all. I the, good the good ones. ones. You said the good ones. If it was a bad one, which they're all bad, but if it was one that didn't make me laugh, I threw it away. Okay. If I thought it was funny, I flipped it over next to the calendar. So I have a huge stack of them, not to mention the ones that we've got from, like, Messenger and yeah. that we send each other and all that good stuff, so... Suffice it to say, I've got a, at least 150. So the next 150 episodes, I've got plenty of material. I got one that yeah. Laura told me. Don't tell her I said that. Go ahead. Our inaugural thing, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and do more than one. <laughs> you know you can get in trouble if you laugh too loud in a Hawaii. Really? Yeah, only aloha is loud. Aloha. <laughs> That's pretty good. This, uh, this one's from the calendar. I just watched a program about beavers. It was the best damn program I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> you tried not to laugh. That made it funnier. <laughs> so there's your. Uh, I don't like this segment your anymore. Bad dad jokes of the, the, the episode. And there'll be more of those. What's our next, what's our next uh, uh, board meeting where we can uh, veto the... <laughs> I don't know. Kellogg calls the meetings, not me. Okay. I called one, but nobody came. Yeah, I don't know how you feel. I had I've a, called several podcasts. I had, a, I had a meat tray and everything, and nobody showed up. Oh, you didn't tell me there was food. <laughs> oh, exactly. That been, that's a game changer. <laughs> or beer. Hey, what are we... Let's tell them what we're drinking right now. Uh, oh, We should... Where is this brewery from? Because it's oh. called Southern... Uh, Southern Prohibition, I believe, is in Hattiesburg. Yeah, and it's called Crowd Control. And this is a different... It's 8 million percent alcohol. This is a different can because this got the, the uh, a little little sexy chick on the thing. I thought they did change the can because it just had a gas mask on it. Yeah, it's like a... At one point. And I had one. Well, it's a tall boy can, and it's got the little cool little label on it. You can tell I'm a beer nerd because <clears throat> I sat down at the bar... And opened one and took one sip and ran inside and got two glasses. Oh, yeah. You got to I was like, I got to look at this. And look at that. Oh, yeah. You cannot see through that. It's thick. It's heavy. I had to get a chaser for a beer. Yeah, I got to. I wouldn't plan on drinking any. any. I'm trying to get a. I can't. What? And you know when you're getting old and you, you start forgetting how to use electronics. You got a new phone. I've had this for a minute. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, a month or so. Well, that's that's still new. So, uh, what are we get, what are we going to talk about here? We're going to tell them about. We're going to talk about all the cool stuff we did. We did some cool stuff. I saved. I did mention on the last podcast that we went to Texas, and I told uh, Kelly a little bit about the gas station, and we'll talk about that some more. Um, the main thing I want to talk about with you also is uh, the Iron Maiden show. Uh. Yes. And, you know, Austin, Texas is interesting because uh, the first thing I noticed, damn, there's a lot of traffic. I counted. <laughs> I was like, look at this. Was I, t- I can't remember if I was talking to you or Alicia, but I was like, look, there's two lanes here. 
two lanes there. Yeah. Then down in the pit, there's two lanes here, two lanes here. Then up above, yeah, on two the lanes. bridges, there's two lanes was, here, yeah, two lanes rough. here. It took and they're all bumper to bumper. It took y'all four days to get back from Austin. It did. We <laughs> had, well, yeah, we had a debacle in Shreveport. There was like nine lanes of traffic just sitting there for yeah. like an hour. In fact, at one point, we were going to try to catch up with y'all. And then when that happened, I was like, I'm not even going to try now. Matter of fact, we pulled over at a pilot and took a power nap somewhere around, I don't know, what time we get home, 1.30 a.m.? I believe it's 1.30. So this would have been around 10 or 11, and Alicia never recovered, so I had to drive all the way from there. And I couldn't see shit because that long stretch, like from uh, Jackson, you go for, through Louisville into Starkville, like there's no lights. It's yeah. just deer and dark. In Mississippi, it's pronounced Louisville. Oh, okay, I didn't know the rules. <laughs> so it's Louisville. I, I had this argument with with uh, with Laura. Hey, have you ever have you ever heard anybody say Louisville Slugger though? No. Yeah, if you if you go to Louisville, Kentucky, and say Louisville, yeah, they'll look at you like what? I'm you gonna have to murder you now. They say Louisville on the news when they're talking about the weather. So okay, that's what I go by. They're spelled exactly the same though. It's exactly the same. <laughs> I was watching the Mississippi State game. And uh, the other day, and it was like on a, a big show, so the guys wasn't from Mississippi. And they was uh, talking about a guy from Kosciuszko, and I don't even know how he pronounced it, Kosciuszko or something like that. It's weird. Mm. Kosciuszko. So do you want to start with the Iron Maiden thing? Let's start with that day and go, let's end with the Iron Maiden, just like that day was. Let's talk about Tuesday in Austin. Yeah, y'all had been there a few days before we showed up for the party. And we get there, and we did what I didn't want to do, because we left the night before at midnight. Right. And I dozed a little bit while she drove, and then at first light I drove and she dozed a little, but neither of us had any proper sleep. And I was like, what I don't want to do is get to the room and, like, pass out. Pass out. So we did exactly what I wanted to do and took about a 45-minute power nap, you know, like on the couch watching TV. Right. Like, don't go get in the bed. That's a bad idea. No, 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 no. You're not going to get up. That's not a nap. That's going to sleep. That's, yeah, that's going to sleep. I knew that. Like, then don't, don't, like, put your PJs on either. <laughs> yeah. Like, we just, like, literally just sat on the couch watching alone and dozed for about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Then we met up with you and Laura at the tavern. Yes. So uh, tell us about that place because you picked it. Uh, they just had cool looking food. It's the main reason. Uh, you said you wanted a place with a good burger. I, I want a good burger, but I didn't get a burger because, to me, a good hot dog trumps a good burger, and they mm-hmm. had a good hot dog. It's so, got to be a really good hot dog to trump it for me. Did you see my hot dog? Yeah, you had a really good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, they had this thing called a uh, uh, cheese curtain. They say put so much cheese on there that it's got this crust halo of cheese. It's like a curtain. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty good. We got to have a picture of a a pretty good IPA. And, uh, yeah. If you're not hot, will you turn that fan off? I feel like it's blowing into the, into the mics. We'll leave the air on. Oh, yeah, that's much better. My burger was, like, the bomb. You got the ghost pepper burger. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised at how hot it was because you never know, like, something will say, like, Carolina Reaper on it, 
And it'll have like Carolina Reaper sauce, but it's like mostly vinegar with a little bit of. No, I could actually, like they took a ghost pepper and ground, ground it, it, like up. muddled it with some other ingredients yeah. and smeared it on this burger. It was hot, but it was good. Um, it was a delicious burger. I had to cut it in half because I didn't know where to start. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you ever picked up a burger so big? So big, you don't, know where, you don't know where to go? Find a place to See, jump it's in. like my messy bedroom. What corner do I start in? Yeah, where do you start? Like, this, yeah. this thing's enormous. And, uh, yeah, that was a cool place to eat. Me and you split a picture of uh, a local IPA. It's a 512 IPA, I believe. Yeah. Well, it, I think it was the... Because I, I brought back home a no, six-pack of that the, juicy. It was the Zilker IPA. Yeah, that was it. The Zilker IPA, I think. Yeah. And, of course, um, we went across the street when we got done eating and got a Lone Star while we were waiting on our Uber. you got to drink a Lone Star when you're in Texas. Yeah. Right? Is that available anywhere other than Texas? I don't think Texans drink them, but I drink Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to say, was that a... What is it? 16 ounce. Was it 16 ounce or yeah. was it a yeah, 24 ounce? No, I want a 24. It's a C. Okay, we got a Skull Crusher Lone Star, which is basically the PBR of Texas. But a 16 ounce is called a Road Pop, right? And then a Skull Crusher is a 24. I always call it Skull Crusher's Tall Boys. But what's a Road Pop? Just a beer. Just a beer you drink while you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a nice way of saying something you shouldn't do. Yeah. Actually, you can ride in a car and drink. That's not bad. Right. So, um, yeah, and the thing is about Austin is there's these scooters laying around everywhere, just laying there. And what you do is, like, you, and we didn't do one, but, like, we got the, the gist of it. You, you picked it up and you scan it with your phone. Yes. And it turns it on and, and you drive it. Wherever you want to go. Yeah, you give it two kicks and go. Yeah. They go about 25 miles an hour. Which and they're sound all like, over the place. Which don't sound like fast, but with the homeless people in Austin, that could be it. I would wreck. Well, the Uber driver told us there's there's been a lot of uh, electric scooter-related accidents in Austin. <laughs> yeah. And I can see why, yeah. They're flying through there. And you said you even saw the vehicle that because I was like they got to somebody's got to go around and pick these up. I and seen them dropping them off during the. Uh, so they just gather them up and charge them. When and I was redistribute them. When I was waiting on my Uber for the football game, I seen a lady dropping off scooters at the at the charging destination. Also, while waiting on my Uber for the game, I saw two guys coming through with a case of beer on the scooter <laughs> on the platform. There was. They had their foot behind it, you know. It's you know you can put two feet on a scooter, yeah. But they I'm had straddling they, a case of beer. They were straddling a, a, a case of beer. Two guys, Coors, two of them, of one. Uh, no, Each. two separate, two guys side by side. One with the Coors Light, one with Bud Light. A whole case, nice. Scooting along, <laughs> they used their other foot to balance it on the thing and hold it, hold it where it wouldn't fall off. Wow. Yeah, but you got to get the beer there too. Okay, so that was Monday. Yeah. That was pretty much it for Monday. Oh, yeah. That's all we did Monday. And then Tuesday, we, we got out. We, we got up and went straight to the gas station. Yeah. We, we left uh, Austin about. It was a further drive than I was expecting. It wasn't a far drive. It's only 30 miles. It just took 45 minutes. Yeah. Or actually, uh, a little bit longer than that with the traffic. I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't know you could literally eat there. Yeah. It would have took longer if I wouldn't have run the red lights. Yeah, you did run a red light. Uh, 
But yes, it was like thirty five miles. I, I, I saw the red light. And I was like, "Damn, he's going for it! Like it's going to be bad red." <laughs> and by the time we got up there, I was like, "Shit, we're about to get t." It's going to turn green again. And then, <laughs> then when you started going under, you're like, "Oh shit, that light was red." <laughs> we was talking about something. I didn't even put yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah. Let's let's talk about the gas station again. It was the. The, the gas station where they filmed right. Texas Chainsaw Let's, Massacre, yeah, 1974. 1974 filmed the gas, the gas station scene where they put the, the the cannibal family they put human body parts in the chili. I didn't yeah. th- I didn't think about that. I should have got a bowl of chili. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they serve they serve. But see, we watched the movie as soon as we got home. Uh, when they left the gas station, that guy in the wheelchair was gnawing on a sausage. It uh, looked just uh, like those sausages. Yeah. So we did get to eat that, and that was in the movie. So you did see the cook's truck, right? The, yeah. The, the white truck. Now I know. Yeah. Now you know what it is. The thing that threw me off is it was so rusted. Oh yeah, it's not white anymore. It, it's not white anymore. But yeah, it was it was the cook's truck well, that was parked out there. And that uh that that the diesel the Black Maria, yeah truck they own that too, and that's what they're restoring. That's what he was talking about when we was there. And remember in the movie she went from the Sawyer house back to right the gas station exactly and the cook turns out he's one of the one of the family one of the brothers in yeah. the Sawyer family and he tied her up and took her back to the house the, the house that house is on the other side of Austin yeah and didn't you say it's a restaurant I think now? it's a restaurant now that would be cool to go eat in yeah well this was my expectation of the thing I knew it was a horror memorabilia the hard, that's the hardest word to say in the dictionary memorabilia memorabilia that's five syllables. Yeah, we gotta shut right? it down. Shut this. Memorabilia. Yeah, this that's, <laughs> it's seventeen <laughs> syllables. Shut this shit down. Yeah, that's because uh, seventeen syllables and eight percent alcohol does not go well. No, it does not. Well, I thought go in, take a picture outside. Hey, look where we've been. Nanny, nanny, boo boo. You didn't go in there. See. If oh yeah, I, even I wasn't expecting to be there. Long. Sit in there, see a few things, buy a souvenir, and get back to the hotel. Go check out a brewery. And then go meet up, go back to our hotel, get ready for the concert. That's that was my expectations. Yes, Laura's too, because Laura wasn't even going to go. I even told Alicia, because you know our plans got a little bit changed up. We left later than we had planned, and you know we were talking about going to the gas station before the concert. Before the concert, and I was like, it's going to be fine because we're not going to be there long. As much as I love this kind of thing, there's not that much to do. It's there. not that much. I mean, and boy, was I wrong. Oh my god, there's a lot to do there. It was. Uh, the guy was uh, the guy. What was the guy who's working? His name is Chris. I forget his name, but we've got his information. We're I think gonna, his name's Chris. We're going to interview him yeah. in and his band situation. He's yeah. got a band that's awesome. Uh, well, we get there. It's absolutely awesome. It's cool as crap. They have all this cool stuff in there. We didn't leave Austin to one. We got there around two. We're hungry, so they serve food. So okay, let's get some food. It's probably just a novelty. Oh, they play so they barbecue in the movie. They tell barbecue here, you know. Yeah. Ooh, I got you. The barbecue is good. Amazing. It's well, it's so good food. Everything I ate uh, was really, so, really good. And did you see that smoker? Oh God, yeah. Dude, I don't think you could pull that yeah. smoker with my truck. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. You need a, a hey, if dually. you have if you have counterweights for your lid. <laughs> you got a smoker. <laughs> the uh. The smoke box on that smoker yeah. is bigger than my grill. Yes. And my grill is bigger than what I need for what I do with it. Right. But uh, it was absolutely cool. They had all kind of stuff in there. And we spent a lot of money in there. Like I still in Kelly, even shit you can't even find on eBay. Yeah, you can't find it. Like hard to find memorabilia. 
and uh, uh, just like the action figures and like any kind of horror merch you could think of, they've got it there. Yeah, I was I was reading some articles just preparing for this podcast about some of the stuff, and they said they wanted to turn it into. He was a fan of the movie, the guy who bought the place. He wanted to turn it into a place where people wanted to come. They got cabins out back. They can stay. A campground, a, a stage, a stage. A stage for bands to play. All the the photo op things they've got set uh, and up, and all the photo, yeah, the butcher bucket, all that kind of stuff. And they wanted, you know, a horror, uh, horror merch. This is easier to say than the other word. And uh, they had everything in there. Like I think you got overwhelmed. Yeah, I just I kept going, <laughs> looping around. Looking at the big place. It's very small. But every time I'd make a loop, I'd see some more shit. Like whoa. Like, dude, they had a Silent Night, Deadly Night action figure. Uh, I remember. Did you, you see that? Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Talk about deep cuts. What was the uh, the RV imprint face? What? What? what that was Fire Thirteen Part Six. Part RV Six. Where he pushed her. I seen it. And I knew exactly what it was. So I yeah, pointed it out to you, and I seen it, and you was like, "Oh, cool. That's from you know Part Six, Blah blah blah. Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, she came in and she brought some of those, and that's autographed." And you just turned around and walked away. I didn't away. Want to know how much it was. You just walked away. Because if, if he'd have blurted out a reasonable price. <laughs> You'd have bought it. Exactly. <laughs> so I didn't want to know. I didn't want him to say, like, oh, it's only $49. It's only $49.99. I can't afford not to. <laughs> You're right. That is a good hanging on the wall. Shoot. That's, that's perfect man cave material. Yeah, it's like I didn't even want to know. But and and that's another thing. The the stuff in that store is reasonably. It's popular. not. It's not ex- crazy it's expensive. Not crazy. They had pops in there that wasn't out. I mean, hard, I mean, pops that was fit to the store. It wasn't just, hey, well, we got pops. Yeah, it ain't like Hulk Hogan pops. It's it was like pops. The fitting of a horror store. I'm just going. I'm not even going to say the other word. It's almost a horror mm. movie museum and gift shop and gift shop and horror gift shop. I like that too. Yeah. If Kelly was here, he'd make up a cool word. It was easier to say. Yeah. I'd to get him to work on that. Yeah. But, yeah, everybody I've told about it, like all my friends that are into horror, they're like, dude, we got to go. Just no, hearing me talk about it. Like, Well, like I said, we thought we was going to have a cool little photo op, spend it an hour. I thought we'd be there 30 minutes tops. That's what I told Alicia. I was like, we don't want to be there like 30 minutes. The place is small. Who was it there? Is. We was there two and a half hours. It's maybe twice the size of yeah. this 30 yeah. by 30. Hello, what time we left? We left at 3.30. So we was there an hour. I don't, yeah, I no, don't know it was 2.30. it was. But we still had plenty of time to go back, oh, yeah. freshen up, meet at the Driscoll. Yes. I talked about that on here. I showed Kelly some pictures. He was like, whoa. That's uh, the... Uh, what I didn't remember, was it Lyndon B. Johnson that met yes. his wife there? Yeah, Lady Bird. Yeah. It was, it was built in 1883. It's the first... Yes. It's the oldest hotel in Austin. And when you're sitting there in the bar looking around, like you can just tell. They don't make them like that Oh, no, 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 no. Like the wood grain like, architecture... Like there was wood panels on the wall and see with all this carved shit the in stainless, it. That stainless, that that sunlight, that stained glass sunlight they have in there, and that big ass fountain they got in there, and that sculpture that you pointed out. <sighs> you said that this. Artist, have you ever seen one of those coffee table horse riding sculptures? I don't know the guy's name who does it. It's a he does cowboy and Indian themed. I bet I could find it. Uh, sculptures, a small one for your. This thing would not fit in my living room. It's huge. It was huge. The horses were big enough to sit on. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> they look like they was. They look like Great Danes. That's how big those the horses was. There let's it is. Who, uh, let's see who who made this. Widowmaker. It's called the Widowmaker. Created by Barvo Bra- Walker. Bravo Walker. 
The Widowmaker's a prize art piece at the Driscoll Hotel found in the Driscoll Bar, which is, of course, where we went to, <laughs> Beeline. The bronze statue was created by Robo Wagon, was specially commissioned for the hotel. So it's made specifically for the hotel. Well, there you go. Thanks, Internet. Yeah. Look up the value of it. I bet it... I don't even know... What's it called again? The Widowmaker? The Widowmaker, yeah. 300,000? Or is that 3 million? Oh, that's not talking about that sculpture. 3 million would not surprise me. Oh, no. It doesn't say specifically, but... Uh, yeah, three three million dollars wouldn't surprise me at all. And that was probably done a long, long time. Oh, long. yeah. But yeah, when you're, when you're a really nice establishment that was made in the 1800s, you could just tell. Oh, yes. That you just you can't duplicate that kind of architecture today. You can get close, and you can make some cool shit that looks, looks old. But we walked in the bathroom, and I thought God. me and you were the only ones in there. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, can I move my shit in this bathroom and just live here? And then I heard somebody bust out laughing because they knew it. I was talking about like it. that bathroom was noise. It was really nice. And in 1883, like how did that work? Because they had outhouses in their houses. Would they have had a bathroom? You know? Oh, I don't know. Like it's how did that work when you had, had outhouses at a hotel? They had to have some kind of something. I don't. Yeah. I bet it wasn't that nice in 1880. Oh no, no, probably not. What year did houses and like what what year did places get running water? Well, they had some running water in electricity. Well, they I have guess power. Yes, electricity. In the 1880s, they probably had a, had electricity. Yeah, as nice as that place was, they probably. I mean, they had it. Yeah, everybody else might not have, but they yeah. probably had it. Well, they said that electricity was a lot like the the way the internet worked. Like only the like the center of the city had yeah. it, and then it slowly branched yeah. out into the rural areas around. Oh, it's okay. We ate it. Uh, we didn't eat. We met for drinks at the Driscoll, and uh, I just had a couple of. Uh, I guess you'd call it a double of Jack, or a double and then a single, and then I had a local beer, mm. and then another local beer. You got the five twelve, juicy yeah. the juice. The yeah, five twelve. Yeah, I brought a six pack of that home. I was the, drinking some on the last podcast. The five twelve, uh, five twelve hazy IPA. It was good. And then uh, the girls went to eat sushi, and you and I ordered an Uber to go see Iron Maiden. See Iron Maiden at the Moody Center. And the Moody Center is cool. It was a new place. They and they built it just for. A, the basketball, basketball team, and B, concerts. Concerts. Like, they specifically designed it for, like, good acoustics and good view. And uh, when we first got there, I was like, man, what the hell's up with all these portals? Yeah. Like, go to portal <laughs> go to portal A, portal a. B. But once I figured it out, I was like, this is actually pretty damn cool. The thing was, it, they, we knew what section we was in. We knew what seat and we was on. And you used to trying to find your section. But we didn't know what portal we had to go seat. to. So we had to yeah. ask somebody what portal. We'd look, this is where my seat is. Where's my portal? Yeah. So we had to find our portal. And what a portal is, is this this big ass room that where maybe about, what, a four separate sections converge? I think it was two. It was, it was just two? One or two sections converge. And, and they had a humongous bar. And a restaurant looking and like down. a restaurant, like cafeteria style food, and bathrooms, 
So instead of like getting up out of your seat and having to walk a million miles, you just literally go to the top of the, the, the row of your portal. section into your portal yeah. and use that bathroom. And, uh, and uh, so like you could just run to the bathroom real quick and come back down and you didn't miss nothing hardly. So some portals, not ours, but some portals actually, their tables and restaurant area went out to the concert area. You could sit there. And you could sit there well, at your table. had a little window. It was just covered window. up with people. But uh, you couldn't, uh, you didn't have a table out there that you could yeah, sit It had like at. a little ledge. Yeah. But, you could uh, sit your beer on, but it, it was pretty packed. And, and our seats were better than, that, yeah, than yeah. that. Our seats were pretty good. Yes. Considering we bought them less than a month before the concert. Yeah. The, and the concert was sold out. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought it when Trivium was playing. Nope. Even though I thought Trivium did a great job and I love Trivium. But even they were like, we know, we, we know. know, we're we gonna know play a couple here. more songs. You're not here to see Trivia. <laughs> yeah. Here to see Iron Maiden. We don't blame you. Yeah. Don't but, worry, this is our last song. <laughs> yeah. That uh, and they didn't play long at all. They just play, hey, look, we're gonna, mm-hmm. you know. And I missed my song that I wanted to hear, but they did a great job. I mean, I, well, I like Trivia. Uh, uh, and but then, yeah, everybody was there to see Iron Maiden. And then they took about when they quit. It took about thirty minutes. About thirty minutes. Maybe. Uh, I didn't uh Once we got there, I think I got two beers because they were $12 or something a piece, first of all. Secondly, I'm not there to try to get drunk and have right. to pee every five seconds. I actually, I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't go to the bathroom through the whole Iron Maiden oh, show. Oh, no, which through Iron Maiden, we, we sat there the whole time. Or uh, stood there. Stood there. No, we didn't, yeah. Um, and the Iron Maiden started off. They did three songs off of the new album, and then they kind of pretty much worked their way backwards, with the exception of a couple. They worked kind of backwards through their catalog from newest yeah, to oldest. To newest to oldest. There aren't there their most famous songs that, if you're not an Iron Maiden fan, you're and you're gonna know the songs. You, you probably still know. Them. Those were their encores that they done, except for maybe like Fear of the Dark. Fear of the Dark was. That's when, that's when it got loud. They played like uh, two or three songs off Aces High. I was disappointed they didn't play the, or surprised I didn't play the Wicker Man. Um, we got some really cool shirts. They were $50 for $50 t-shirt. for and, a t-shirt. And that place was sold out, and everybody there bought at least one t-shirt. Every, yeah, it was a lot. Um, so that answers my question that I had earlier. Why does Iron Maiden come to the United States? <laughs> And play in in a sold out arena when they could go play an airfield in Australia in front of like two hundred and fifty thousand people. Like they, they literally went to Israel and played in front or Rio de Janeiro and played for like three hundred thousand. And because I think they said uh, there was a he was on a talk with Jericho or whatever, and he said he wanted when they was doing this, they wanted to do like some smaller venues or whatever. So. Yeah, well, I've heard a lot of bands say that they love festivals, but the those kind of these kind of shows are more intimate. And uh, and it was like I told you, like they didn't just put on a show; they put on a spectacle. It was a sight to be. I tell, I've been telling people my mama would have had a good time at that concert. Yeah, she wouldn't like the music, she wouldn't like the crowd, but it was it was a show. I mean, it was. Yeah, because you were kind of, you were beside me, but we were turned to the side looking at the stage, so you were kind of also behind me. Right. And every now and then, I would just turn around and look at you and go, "Amazing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unbelievable, and, uh, yeah." <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, these dudes are 65, the drummer's 70, 
I mean, and they did more than some twenty-two-year-olds can do. God, that they obviously have their their cardio their and cardio, shit. They, they have they, trainers and dietitians. That, Bruce you know, Dickinson ran all over that stage. Yeah, and that one guitar player was just wearing it out. He looked like he was in a glam rock band, slanging his guitar around, playing in between his legs. Yeah, yeah, he was wearing it out. And every they had these really cool looking like silk tapestries for the background, and they would change it every song. Not every set, but every set, I would say. Like oh. whenever they do, whenever they we well, they kept the kind of the the, uh, the the every album they do has like a theme to it. The like Aces High was like the Egyptian right style, and this is more like the samurai right. And they had the, then the, with the new album, and they had the whole samurai thing for those three songs but then after that most every song had its own thing its own backdrop yeah either its own backdrop or its own like huge thing that come down from Something. the ceiling yeah like they had a huge monster that just looked at the crowd floated back and forth they had a big airplane come down for aces high they had a big, they had a big uh, angel with the wings mm-hmm. flapping for uh, and when I say big, I'm talking. Oh, we're talking huge. Massive. For, for a flight of the Icarus, they had that, yeah. and uh, they had Eddie come out in a samurai outfit, like on the second song. Yeah, and then he came out again. And when I say Eddie, we're this, talking this, about this, a, this is like 15 this feet this tall. It's just a 12 foot tall Eddie. Yeah. Uh, he, and and uh, Bruce Diggison sword fought with him. Yeah, he sword fought with Eddie, and then he shot him with a, a musket, and sparks flew out of his shoulder. It was absolutely. A cool. It was cool, like a, it was like I told you. I was like, "Look, cool uh, they said, well, Carrie Underwood's going to be here in, you know, a couple months or something." Mm, I'm like, "She's not going to do that." No disrespect to Carrie Underwood or, or her fans. She's she's a, got a beautiful voice. She's got some good songs. She's pretty. You go to see her play. She plays her songs, but and and, and that's fine. But this is a spectacle. Yeah. This is a show. She's not going to. This isn't s- just you going and listening to Iron Maiden play their songs. Yeah. yeah. You're seeing. He's Something not gonna, happened. Yeah, he's not gonna get in a sword. She's not gonna get, get a, a sword, sword fight with a twelve foot Eddie wearing a uh, British. Uh, the giant demon's not gonna outfit. come out of the ceiling and hover over the audience. Yeah. And how did they keep up with all that without getting all that shit tangled? God, it was so because they would drop the background, then another would come out, then you'd have this other thing that's suspended the thing that suspended from it, cables floating so, around. Like the angel, like the cool thing with the angel was the angel was sitting there and it was just sitting there with his arm wings up or whatever. And then when the flight of the Icarus song come on, there was this. Not pyrotechnics. It was more like this smoke cloud, and then the. But see, up until this point, I thought that angel was, was part just, of the back. Part of the back. I thought it was like a back. And then the wings come down and grab the smoke. Yeah. And then, uh, and then when they was playing one of their, uh, toward the end before the encores, it was their album cover for their, their that uh, one of the newer albums. Yeah, uh, Brave New World. Yeah, and uh, that demon face was looking left and right, but that yeah. before they was playing the song and it just kind of got dark. And then as the light come back up, that demon inflated. So. I don't know how they did that. It was. It was. Like that big jet. It was almost a life-size uh, airplane. Like a local like little, fighter plane. A fighter jet. But it was the, infla- inflatable. Yeah. It was cool. It was like. They went out all out. It was well worth oh, the God. crazy amount of money we spent to go. <laughs> and I got lucky because. Uh, a lot of the, it depends on what kind of T-shirt it is. Um, a Gildan Two X fits me fine, but this one ran a little bit small, just a little bit. If I lose five pounds, it's going to fit me fine, and that's you know that's that's good because I need to lose that at least that anyway. Uh, but we go out to the parking lot, 
and they had the bootleg shirts. Yeah. They looked just like the yeah. shirts they had inside. So I bought another one, a different style, that was just like the ones inside. It was a 3X. And I got it for like 20 20 bucks. It was 20 bucks instead of 50 But it was a different brand, too. Yeah. But it was a... Uh, so uh, I was satisfied with that haul. I got two cool Iron Maiden shirts. I got a cool-ass shirt from the Texas gas station. Yes. So, like, the three of my favorite shirts are, like, yeah. out of my top five favorite shirts, three of them I got on this trip. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and uh, the Texas gas station, I can't – that's a cool – I mean, I could go back there and right now after seeing walking around that place for an hour and and buy more stuff and, and see some more stuff I want. Yeah, well, I definitely want to go back. And I, in March, you know, they're doing that con. They're doing a cult classic convention. And it's it's not at the gas station, but the same people that own the gas station are putting it on. So, and they may have music there. So we got figures out. You you've already emailed them, right? I haven't emailed them uh, about the. I've been talking about the con. Have you? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I definitely want to do that con. For sure. If not, we just go. And one, I don't. I want to say one last thing about Iron Maiden. Talking about being such a show, such a spectacle, such a sight to behold. Um, I've, I've, got, I've since gone back and watched YouTube videos, even mine that uh, I made on my phone. Which my phone, to, it's an XR, and, and there's something wrong with the camera. It doesn't do great videos, but they just don't even come close no. to doing it justice. I mean, it's fun to watch them and reminisce. You yeah, know, I sent you a link to the whole concert. All right, yeah. That somebody filmed from like the front. Um, and I limited myself on what I filmed because I don't want to miss it. You right, know? I didn't want to. I don't want to be stuck behind a I phone would, like, camera lens the whole time. In fact, when I would film, I would hold the camera up, right, and see. I would look under the phone so that I could, I could see everything with my eyes. And uh, it just no comparison. Like the cell phone with all the pyrotechnics and the smoke yeah. and the you just had to be there. Uh, if you've ever thought about going to an Iron Maiden concert. I would say one, go, two, hurry. <laughs> yes. I mean, it looks like these guys have a lot of gas left in the tank. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, more they're, than I do. Yeah. And they're way older than me, but, you know, you never know. It was a, it was a cool show. That was our first Iron Maiden show. So. Yeah, it makes me wish I would have went, seen went, them more than Went way along, yeah. <laughs> worth but, the drive, worth the, the money we had to pay God. for shirts and tickets. Oh, totally worth it. I don't want to add up. I don't feel gypped at all. What my trip cost. Oh, no. <laughs> your, especially yours. Especially mine. Mine was, yeah. Yeah, I was only there, you know, less than three days. I was there a week. You were there a week. I got there, uh, well, I got there Thursday and I left Wednesday. Yeah, you you spent enough money to purchase a decent used vehicle. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But anyway, uh. Well, uh, I want to say one other thing. When we got home, of course, the first thing we did, not that night, obviously. And it was funny because Alicia woke up and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, make you have to drive. Like, no, 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 no. It's fine. I do not want you to drive sleepy. No, no, no. Yeah, I I would much rather either me drive or us pull over and, you know, take a power nap like we did. Uh, Do not drive sleepy. That, first of all, it's miserable. And secondly, it's extremely dangerous. Uh, I said, but you owe me a nightcap when we get home. <laughs> and she's like, okay, fine. And we get about right on that stretch, 
when you're coming into Becker from Aberdeen. Yeah. She's like, you probably need to go into the end of this road and get me a couple Mountain Dews if we're going to do a nightcap. I was like, Psh, nightcap my ass. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting a pillow cap <laughs> in my bed. Yeah. I was done, son. I slept good after driving 12 hours. And uh, the worst part, and I'm glad you gave me a heads up, was that 100-mile stretch. Because once you get into Texas, you've still got a long way to go if you're coming oh, yes, from, the, from the east. Uh, well, yeah, you, your journey is just beginning once you get Texas is a big is a big, a big uh, old state. state. And that last 100 miles is an interstate. That's, and it is. Everybody's doing 100. It's a 95 miles an hour the whole way. Ooh, man. And you don't know what you're doing or where you're going, and they do. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. I just cranked up some Iron Maiden and just white up. Stay in the middle lane and go. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, keep me some Iron Maiden playing, and I'm just going to white knuckle it and raw so dog. So as soon as says, stay straight for 98 miles, I think that's what she said. And you just like, boom, it's bumper to bumper and hot on ass the whole way. Oh, yeah. It's to a, your, your hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You literally, we literally exited off of that and probably drove a couple of miles. Man. Not even, yeah, not even that a mile. Not even that. And we're right there. It was a cool place. I didn't hate the condo. It had its ups and downs. But I liked the area we were in. It was interesting. Very multicultural. That's another thing I'll say about the concert. I've never seen a more broad mixture of age, race, gender. Everything. Everything. Culture. You know, Five-year-olds to 55-year-olds or older, and they're all rocking out to Maiden. And it wasn't just like because it was a cool, they have cool t-shirts kind of thing either. There was this, we had, we handed out some, while we was waiting on set changes and stuff like that, we handed out some podcast stickers from the people in our area behind us. And uh, one of them was a little girl, she's probably in her, she's, I say little girl, she was grown. She's probably in her, she was either her late teens or early 20s, I would say. And she was headbanging. She knew the words to every song. She was singing. Yeah, she was. So she, you know, she wasn't just. Well, that was that girl behind. Behind, directly behind you. That uh, you gave the sticker to. Right. That she even said after it was over, I can't wait to get home and listen to y'all's podcast. Right. And so that, I'm glad you brought that up because that reminded me. I wanted to tell everybody that uh, when me and you go places, whether it's down to the coast or to a concert or to a nice restaurant that, or a restaurant we like to eat. We leave stickers everywhere. Everywhere. Like, whether it's handing it to them or just leaving it in the little basket that has the ketchup and salt and pepper. Or put them in the tip basket. Uh, put them in the tip baskets. Uh, we've had bartenders we gave them to that stuck them to the wall. What I was going to tell everybody, if, if you've seen, if you're listening to this podcast because we gave you a sticker or you saw a sticker outside our listening area, which is North Mississippi, send us an email, popculture for real. And tell us where you saw or got the sticker from. Because that's usually what we hand out is the yes. stickers. So uh, whether it was us giving you one or you finding one, let us know. Uh, and we'll send you something. Like, Oh, yeah. If it's like a cool story, like, I was at this restaurant and I just saw the sticker laying there and now I'm a listener. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to send you something. So, yeah. But uh, I, I hate we didn't get that. Uh, those We didn't get any of those uh, guys' names. that. Uh, but the girl who said she was going to listen. I say, girl, I'm a young woman. She said, she, uh, she said, how long have y'all been doing the podcast? I said, you know, a few years. She said, good, I got a lot to catch up on. I was like, awesome. Yeah, so if you're listening, 
we're those weird old guys to hand out stickers at concerts. That's us. <laughs> so uh, concerts, cons, restaurants, yeah. bars. We have a yeah. Fo- we're we're shamelessly self promoting yeah. everywhere we go. Yeah, we have an email that, that he horrible. just said, and we also have a lo- seven six seven four four eight seven or seven six seven hits. There you go. So email. Tell us where you got. We're always putting on the hits. Tell right? us where you got the sticker, or uh, you could just—you don't even have to call and leave a voicemail. You can actually text that line, that It'd number. It'd be a fun story to hear because yeah. you know there's yeah. at least a couple of listeners yeah. Oh, yeah. that are listening to this that were like, hey, "I found this sticker." It's like, Thought yeah, it was cool. I found that sticker on the garbage can that somebody tried to throw away. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that number will—you can leave a voicemail. Nobody's going to answer it. And, yeah, it's a uh, voicemail only line, and you can also text, or, or you can text it. <coughs> So we're we gonna wrap this up and go to the uh, that interview I did with Barry. Yeah, I think that would that'll work. Or do you have anything else? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to. Uh, I talked about this last uh, last episode. Our, our friend Barry Poole does these what I call extreme hiking, and he went to Iceland and did a big hike. And when he came back, I was like, "Dude, I want to talk about that on podcast because that's to me that's just fascinating. Just flying off to Iceland and get tricking a couple right. hundred miles through the snowy mountains." Um, and we did about a 20, 25 minute or so interview and, uh, we'll take you over to that. Then me and you will come back and close it out and we'll have another episode. I think you need to play some, uh, for the gas station party. You need to play like three songs in this thing. Like for the gas station part, you need to play some, uh, Rebel Flesh. Rebel Flesh is the name of the, the guy's band. And we're going to interview them. So, yeah. And, uh, uh, and for uh, the Iron Maiden portion of it, you need to play some Iron Maiden. I think we might get in trouble for that. We can talk I just over have it in the background. I can't. Yeah, I can do it in the background. And then for Barry's Walk, you need to play some Iceland- very gray area for Ice- Icelandic death metal. It's got to be a thing. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what I want to do because I talked to you about this. You may not remember. I had a revelation about Iron Maiden. And why we like it so much, and I'm going to tell you when we get back from okay. this interview. It's, it's it's interesting. Okay. And and that, that that ties it in with me playing Iron Maiden. We're gonna try a we're gonna try a weird beer. Let's do a weird beer. Yeah. And uh, let's do this Barry Pool interview. All right. All right. I'm joined here with my friend Barry Pool. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, last year on was when we were talking about serial killers, I think, for Halloween like two years ago. Yeah, it's been a while ago. By the way, I think now is a good time to any to tell you, if, if I ever tag you uh, on Facebook in an episode, that usually means we talked about you in the episode. Uh, I listen to quite a few of them. I don't get to listen to all of them, but I try to listen to everyone, like you said, that I'm tagged in, see what y'all are saying about me. Yeah, usually if we, if we mention somebody... I like to tag them because, you know, everybody deserves a right to defend themselves, you know? Correct. <laughs> so the reason I want to get you on here this time in particular is I'm really fascinated with your, your sense of wonder and adventure. Uh, like, I like to, un, I mean, it's hard to believe looking at me that I'm, I really like to hike and go camping and, and be outdoorsy. My body doesn't really match that lifestyle, but... Uh, your body you, matches it perfectly fine. <laughs> you take it to a whole other level. Uh you did, what, 70 miles at John Muir? On the John Muir Trail, yeah. Unfortunately, I got altitude sickness and had to had to quit my hike early. Uh, I was supposed to do 211 miles. Ended up doing 70 out of that. Uh, got, got, got really sick and uh, unfortunately had to cut it short. It's, I've heard altitude sickness is just the shits, man. Like, what all kinds of – didn't you say you were uh, bleeding? 
Yeah, uh, the, the first thing I noticed was my feet and hands swelled up pretty big. And then the next morning I woke up and I bent over and my nose just started pouring blood out of it. And I had like the worst headache I've ever had. And uh, then I got to notice that my heart was beating really fast. So I, I checked my heart rate and my heart rate laying in the tent was like 175 Jesus. beats per minute. Yeah, it was... It's That's more rough. than a stress test like you do to get your heart checked. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I'd gotten worried because, like I said, it's not like I'm, you know, right there close to a hospital. I was in the middle of nowhere. Literally. And, <laughs> on and, top uh, of a mountain. Yeah, so I, the, my partner that was with me, we, we got a map out and we figured out a game plan. We found a trail about 15 miles down that we could get out on. So I still had to hike another 15 miles to get out of there, but it, it, it was worth it because I'm telling you, I thought I was dying. Yeah, man, and there's there's really no way. I mean, I mean, there is some ways to prepare for altitude sickness, but you can't. I mean, we, we're not exposed to high, uh, what do you call it, sea level yes. here in Mississippi. I mean, we're like, what, two hours from the Delta, which is like a floodplain area, and then you go from that to how many thousand feet? I was at that morning, I was right at 14,000 feet above sea level. Jesus. I remember when I went to Denver and stayed a, uh, about a week or so, course i wasn't hiking or doing anything strenuous but i could tell you know like they call it the mile high city uh i could i could tell you know the air was different like it's you almost have to breathe a little harder or something the the best way i can describe it even while you're hiking it's like you're hiking straight uphill when you're hiking on flat ground you're trying to catch your breath that bad it's it, you're you're having to double your breathing on everything you do we're, what uh well, that was the Rocky Mountains, right? No. No, the, Sierra Sierra Nevada Mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, out in Yosemite in California. So what what predators do you have to deal with out there? Do you have bears? Oh yeah, yeah. We run into a bear. Lines. Run into a bear, had mountain lions. Never saw a mountain lion, but had a bear had a bear encounter. And um marmots, it's like a, a big groundhog basically. They, they don't seem like they'd be that dangerous, but if you leave your shit out at night they will chew a hole through your backpack trying to get to your food and everything. You know, I know hanging the food works, uh, but bears can climb. Is it because they can't smell it as well because it's up in the tree? Or Well, you hang it you hang it away, 10 feet away from the, the tree where they can't get to it. Oh, so they'd have to climb out on the limb and yes. risk breaking. And but at, on the John Muir so Trail. So you're it harder for them, not impossible. Yes. It, on the John Muir Trail, you couldn't hang food because there was no trees. We were above tree level. Oh. So you have to take a what's called a bear canister, and you keep all your food in it. It's supposed to be scent-proof, and then you have to keep it 100, at least 100 feet away from where you're sleeping at in case one does find it. It's not there, right there at you. You watch alone, right? Yes. We were watching an episode the other day, and uh, this, this one crew had dropped off a big tote-looking thing with cameras in it. And it was sealed, like, you know, really sealed good. I don't know if they dropped it with drones or what, but they literally dropped it onto the island. And when the guy got there, there's a huge claw mark on it. I think I would have tapped out right then. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> hey, have you watched season eight of it? I don't think so. There what, were, what am I on, seven? We just started eight. We just started eight, okay. Like, well, I don't, no spoiler alerts or anything, but like three different people have tapped out in season eight because of bear encounters. Because they're at Vancouver Island, which is heavily infested with grizzly bears. Yeah. And like three people have already tapped out just because of bear encounters on it. Which bear's the worst one? Grizzly. The the, they're, those are black bears, right? No, they're brown. They're, the brown bears are the worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, but honestly, I think I would be more scared of a mountain lion than a bear. Because bears are kind of, like, if I'm going to get murdered, I want to get murdered by something adorable. Like, you know, 
bears are kind of they're kind of cute, right? No, they're not. They're fuzzy wuzzy was a bear. You just want to hug them, the, and then is, they murder your face. It's not the little bears that Theodore Roosevelt invented. <laughs> they, these have like teeth and claws. Nah, not nice Teddy reference there. Yeah. Um. So let's uh, fast forward. We talked about John Muir. Uh, how many years ago was that? Two years ago. So now, why Iceland and why now? Like, what? Why did you zero in on that? Iceland's been on my bucket list. Uh, the the Lugavaker Trail's been on my bucket list for about twenty years. Uh, a friend of mine back in the army went and done it. I think it was around two thousand and one, and he he showed me pictures of it, and it's been on my bucket list ever since then. And um, I got to thinking, you know, me and Christy talked. And I'm not getting any younger. My RA's not getting any better, so I better enjoy it while I can. So made a decision to go ahead and go go knock it out. Yeah, and you were saying you were a lot more prepared this time. Uh, I know you dropped a lot of weight. You had been doing a lot of walking and hiking and, and prep work for that one. Yes. Uh, and it was pretty much smooth sailing, wasn't it? John Muir Trail, I was in decent shape, but I weighed about 230 then. And then my backpack weighed about 43 pounds, so I was carrying – 275 pounds on my knees this go around i weigh 195 my backpack weighed 26 pounds so a lot of about about 50 pounds less weight this go around and had no problems man i marched through it hell i could have i could have done another 50 100 miles on it how many miles was it 50.7 is what i ended up doing all together and how how many days uh started on a sunday uh around 12 30 and 12 30 and finished on wednesday around 12 30 did so, you like stop and like check stuff out and sightsee or oh, were yeah. you just like mission to get to point no, B? No, uh, I, I stopped and took a lot of pictures. I'll show you some later, but took a lot of pictures, stopped when I found a good scenic area, stopped, took a break, got me some water, ate a snack and just, just admired the, the, the surroundings, man. It was, it's like being, I told Christy, it's like being dropped off on Mars. I mean, it's like a different planet. It's, it's so surreal. The, the scenery there, every turn you make. Do people in Iceland all speak English? Most of them do. Uh, they may. I was talking to an Icelandic uh, warden at one of the huts that I stopped at, and they they make them start taking English when they're in, in like the second grade. And they all, of course, have accents, but they they all speak English for the most part. About how many people did you like run into? Like, was there a lot of people doing this? this trail like around this time yeah there there were when i done it which was you know two weeks ago it's towards the end of the hiking season you can only hike it from uh july to september because of the the harsh weather yeah and it was right towards the end of the the hiking season so it wasn't quite as crowded as it would have been like in july or august but uh or july the first of august but uh i run into a lot of people but out on the trail, it was like you was out there by yourself. You know, I would go miles without seeing anybody. So it, it was a lot of solidarity to it. it. It was very, very calm and relaxing. Like I told Chrissy, I said, I know people to pay a hell of a lot more than this for therapy, and this is the best therapy in the world. The the thing that, that kind of baffles me is like uh, just doing it by yourself more so than anything. Like I couldn't hike that far. Well, right I couldn't now get you to go to, with me. So well, I, damn, I had to go do it. Well, it's a little extreme for and, my, like, you know, I, I thought I was the big shot because we backpacked, you know, what, four miles, one direction, even though you said it was two, but we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it is, is the gear, right? Like I've, I've heard about backpackers that would drill holes in the handle that are toothbrush to make it lighter. Like that everything you take, 
you have to put a lot of thought into what you're taking, what you can do with, what you can't do with, and how much it weighs. And you're really into weighing out your stuff. Every every hike I go on, uh, when I get back, uh, I weigh it and say, okay, what did I use and what did I not use? What could I have done without? So I'm very minimalistic when I when I go hiking. I take absolutely the bare necessities what I need. Beer, whiskey. Well, <laughs> smoke the beer, beer's a little heavy. <laughs> I do take my, my Copenhagen with me, though. I can't do without it. Uh, but I, I spent a lot of money on ultralight gear. You know, you, I, I saw people out on the trail. They had to have been miserable because their packs were like they weighed 60 pounds. Yeah. And, you know, they, they had a tent that probably weighed 10 pounds. To put it in perspective, my tent weighs 2 pounds. My sleeping bag weighs about 15 ounces. And my backpack weighs right at 2 pounds. There were people out there that, uh, like I said, 60-pound backpacks, and they, they were struggling. So how did you combat the altitude sickness situation on this? Because that's pretty high elevation there too, right? Well, it was a little over a mile uh, elevation above sea level. I think the highest I got was around 7,000 feet. Um, 7,000 feet is a long way from 14,000 feet. Yeah. but uh, Almost double. I, I was in math whiz. I know, right? Uh I was uh, in much better shape this go around. The John Muir Trail, for whatever reason, I did not prepare like I usually do. And I, I was in decent shape, but not near the shape I needed to be. And this go around, uh, I live on the fourth floor of an apartment. So I put on a 30-pound vest, and every day I went up and down the stairs 20 times, up from my room down to the bottom and back up 20 times. Did you get a lot of weird looks from your neighbors? Yes. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, I think I had the cops call on me a couple times. <laughs> There's a crazy person here. Yes. Uh, I remember I was in the fitness center one day on the treadmill, and I'm not lying. This dude walked in with his scuba diving gear on and got on the treadmill and started running. I guess he wanted to, you know, be prepared. He for, was getting prepared. <laughs> but I like it. that's just not something you expect. Most people are wearing, you know, Under Armour, yep. and here's this guy with a big tank on his back and big flippy floppies. <laughs> but then uh, living in North Georgia, man, I have – multitude of hiking trails around there and there's one right down the road from my apartment so called the pine mountain uh east and west loop and it, it is a perfect uh trail to get prepared for altitude or, or climbing because it's it's 1.1 miles to the top of the mountain and it's pretty much straight up to put in perspective the grade on it is about 40 percent incline and what i did in uh Iceland was about a 20% incline. It was a gradual climb, but the, the one at uh, Pine Mountain, it, it, put, it got me into shape because it was straight up. And I would go out there and do the east and west loop at least once a weekend, and then I would do part of it or all of it two or three times during the week too. So I would do it, with put, put my weighted vest on or a day pack loaded down with weight and go out there and do it, and it got me, it got me ready. So what kind of like uh, conditions, like – cold wise when i think iceland i literally think of like inside of a snow globe or a north pole looking kind of situation i know and i know it changes because this time of the year it would be is it still summer there yes i know it, you're closer to a hemisphere where it flips it, it is summer there but uh the the hottest it got while i was there was about 50 degrees oh okay it would, it would get up to about 50 but at night it would get down to around 20 20's cold yes it is and that's what's crazy about the gear that you can get nowadays is like you get these super super lightweight tents and super super lightweight sleeping bags but the but they still keep you like extremely warm like what what was your bag rated at it's rated to 10 degrees 
Don't you have one that's like even more than that? Yeah, the one the one you have is rated to uh, zero degrees, and it's uh, like literally you can't even tell you're holding it in your hand. It's so exactly low. that's crazy. I guess that's down. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a uh, goose down. Is what it is. Oh, so I shouldn't have washed it. No, you I'm probably shouldn't. I'm have. just kidding. <laughs> I didn't. But uh, actually, I, I, w- I would get hot in my sleeping bag and have to uncover because it's so good. They, they make them so well now, but. You pay a pretty penny for it. I, that sleeping bag that I use costs around six hundred bucks. Yeah, the lighter you get, the higher the price. Yes. I've noticed. On, I've looked at a lot of a lot of gear, even though I've been backpacking like a total of one time in my life. It, I still like. I, hey, you I, made it eight point six miles. I did, and that was not flat terrain either. It wasn't a mountain, but it. Uh, I made it through Fat Man Squeeze. That was uh, more mental than it was physical, but we got through there. It was it was fun. So you you did uh, John Muir. You've done Iceland. Have you get already? I know you. You've probably already planned the next one, right? Yeah, actually, I texted you about it. But you never replied to me. Well, you texted me from a mountain, so I probably did, <laughs> I may not have gotten it. No, I, I think uh, my next my next adventure is going to be in Scotland. Tell the, Scotland our sons are free. Yes, the <laughs> the Scottish Highlands, I believe, is where I'm going to go next year. Well, that sounds fun. You ever thought about like you know hanging out in America? <laughs> well. I, there's a lot of hikes I want to do in America. Unfortunately, they're all so long, yeah, that it takes you know weeks and months to do some of them. So, well, they say the Appalachia is a huge one, and but you, but you can do sections of it. Yes, like you don't have to do the whole thing that takes you to like from like North Carolina to New York. The the Appalachian Trail actually starts 20 miles from my apartment. Really? Yeah, it starts in uh, Springer Mountain, Georgia. Let's let's go ahead and book that one for next week. I'm ready. <laughs> how long how many months does it take about six months to complete Jeez. it um where you were at were you allowed to have fires because some places are weird no, about that you could not have, have fires fire. so anything you cooked was with your little stove stove thing man that would that's that would be a, a little bit of a drawback because for me the fire is a big uh mental thing like i like to have a fire um John Muir Trail, you could you could have fires as long as you were below ten thousand feet. You couldn't do any above ten thousand feet. What's different about being above it? It's just harder for them to put it out if yeah. you if you set the woods on fire. The logistics of getting up to it to be able to put it out and uh, all that. I guess that makes sense. And the air is thinner, and it would burn hotter. Oh, yeah, I would definitely want to be able to make a fire, but man, those little stoves are are neat. Like they boil water in like what three minutes. Yeah, mine's a couple minutes. It's it's boiling. And uh, those we ate one of those meals when we did uh, the Sipsy, and they're pretty dang good. I don't know if the the food was just that good or I was just that hungry from burning that many calories, but uh, we. I ate think the, you were just that hungry. They're, they're good, <laughs> but they're not like great. The biscuits and gravy was pretty good. I thought I actually ate a couple on the the Iceland hike this time. Biscuits and gravy. So what did you do for water in Iceland? You, you just when you there, pass them, you put some in your bag. Yeah, there was water everywhere, everywhere. Uh, rivers and, and streams everywhere coming straight off glaciers. You you didn't have to filter your water there because there's no animals there. Oh, so you could just drink it right out of the lake. Drink it straight out of the the stream or the river. You know, come to think of it, I guess animals would be the reason. Yeah, because they poop and Die piss in and it, decay. and it gets in the water and it. I can't think of the name of the actual bacteria, but uh, it's caused from animal feces. Did you filter it, though? I, I did, because you know me. I'm, 
I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but uh, I, I went ahead and filtered it anyway. Well, one reason I, I filtered filter. it because it helped me store extra water. I would just fill my thing up, put it in my backpack. When I needed some, I'd squeeze it out of my bottle. I say that's the only mistake I made when we did Sipsy is that I didn't drink enough water on the way in. And on the way, but on the way out, we corrected. We stopped and yep. filled up the bag and refilled our our carry bottles. Yeah, you were quite mad at me when we got there because you hadn't had anything. You were hangry. <laughs> well, you just kept saying it's right up here. It's right up here. Two more miles. It's right up. It's right like over this hill. I think another mile. Oh, it's right over here. <laughs> it was right over there. I had fun though. I think I think we've picked out the the next spot. I called it the Grove, and I want to get to it a different way. Just just to you know try a different trail but that's more my speed you know a couple miles three miles maybe I'm, I'm not quite ready for 70 miles in the sierra mountains quite yet i don't know if i'll ever be uh but a man can dream i guess you you could you could do it easily so you want to do uh scotland next yep. are you gonna do like a hike a year is that kind of your plan that, that's my plan i want to do one, one big, big one, a year? one big hike a year and then you know the rest of the time i'll do some smaller ones around my where I live and around here, maybe get you out there a few more times. And Yeah, I'm down. Just let this hot weather kind of – I don't even – I wouldn't even care if we hiked in the winter. I don't care if it's snowing. I just don't want to go in August. <laughs> you know, uh, I hiked through a blizzard at Iceland, so wow. it's, it's definitely a lot better hiking when it's colder. As long as you stay moving, you're, you're fine. You know, they say you can get uh, snow blind. Like that's a real thing. You can get lost because everything's, everything's just white. Yeah. Oh, when I, I'll talk about it a little bit more later. But uh, yeah, I went through a blizzard my first day. Eight point one miles. It was perfectly sunny. I'd sent Christy a picture. Like, look how beautiful the weather is. At eight point five, I was walking through a blizzard. Mm. And me and this little French guy and his wife that I uh, had kind of hooked up with, Pierre and Garceau were their names. Um, we were kind of following each other, and I hadn't. I said, we better check because we couldn't see anything. And I pulled my phone out, and I had the map downloaded offline and looked, and we were about a half a mile off trail. We had to backtrack because we lost it because you couldn't see anything. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but cell phones have probably really changed because before that, you would just have to have a compass, right? Yeah. But now you got a GPS, and, and that was smart to download it offline because I'm sure you actually had service because you texted me a couple times. Yeah, you know, it but was... it was shoddy, I'm sure. It was spotty. When you, get to, when you get to the top of a peak, you would get service, but... I downloaded the, the map of the trail where I could have it offline, where it would always work. Because yeah. it was going straight off satellites in. Yeah, that's smart. And what what about as far as, like, uh, if, if there was an emergency, was there a, like, a, on a loan, you push the button and tap out? Can you tap out at in the middle of the... in the middle of Iceland? All trails, the app I use has a emergency button, and uh, you hit it if you're, you're in the middle of... If you can't find your way out, you hit it. And it sends a distress call to the the nearest uh, authorities and pinpoints your GPS and sends them your uh, coordinates where you're at. I don't want to pay for that helicopter ride. Well, I got travel insurance. So if oh. something like that happened, I paid $112 for travel insurance. So if I had to be airlifted out or anything like that, it was covered. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you mentioned before, you're doing all these long, extreme hikes, and you have full-blown rheumatoid arthritis. So that ought to be, you know, a motivation to people that are perfectly healthy that feel like they can't get out and do something like that. Uh, you're having to combat that as well as these conditions that, you know, with the altitude and the cold and, and all that. What is What do you think is going to be the challenge in Scotland? Like, I, I figured out the challenge at, 
you know, John Muir was altitude, bears, <laughs> cougars. Iceland is cold. What's, what's it like in Scotland? The, the weather is going to be the challenge, uh, kind of like Iceland. Uh, very windy conditions, very cold in the highlands. Uh, the, the terrain is not that bad. I think uh, the trail I want to do, it's uh, 65 miles. And it, uh, the total elevation grade is like 35%, so it's not terrible. The weather is definitely going to be the challenge there because you, you, the, they're notorious for like 50, 60 mile an hour winds and uh, snow, things like that. It, it'll definitely be the challenge. Is there any predators in Scotland? No, besides the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Did you know there was a recent sighting of the Loch Ness Monster? I thought like that kind of stopped happening, but there was a lady that uh, claimed to see the Loch Ness Monster like just like within the last week I remember seeing The that. trail I'm wanting to do is called the... Uh, the West Highlands uh, Way, it, it takes you by where the Loch Ness Monster, the lake of the Loch Ness Monster. So that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, take a picture. And I'm also going to do, there's there's a trail called uh, Sir William Wallace Way. Seriously? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add it on. It's like a little six-mile trail that you can go do. And it's historic sites where he was uh, born and raised and, and all of that. So I'm looking, really looking forward to that. Yeah, because, you know, Braveheart's my favorite movie, and I've watched it a million times. But And it's not based on a true story, but there really was a, a William Wallace that fought against England, right? Yeah, it's... But not Brave, exactly Braveheart like, was loosely based on him. Yeah. You know, of course, they... They uh, dramatize it and everything, but uh, and you know, put the Hollywood effect on it. But yeah, yeah, there is put the dev- Instagram filter on it. Yes, <laughs> but there was a, a Sir William Wallace that fought against the English that you know revolted. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for sitting down and talking to me about this for a minute. I think it, I just think it's interesting, just because it's I got a billion hobbies that you, you remember, like when I went through that knife making stage and I made one knife. Yes. <laughs> like I know I don't backpack a lot, but. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I love to watch alone. And every time I do it, I get that itch. Like, I've, I've just got to go camping. i got to go hiking. I even got a new app I downloaded. I'll show you. It's called The Dirt, D-Y-R-T. And it's, like, all the places around here you can, like, camp and, and hike and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that kind of stuff is, stuff is fascinating. And I'm going to make myself do it more. You always try to find the time. But I'm going to have to take and make the time. I'm going to make you do it more. I, I'm, I'm, I welcome it. Cause I love it. Like like you said, it's uh, it's it just it does something to your mind. Like it's a reset button. Like you're out there, you don't even have cell phone service most of the time. Like when we went and did Sipsy, I mean, you might as well left your cell phone in the car. It, it's it's basically useless, and you don't you're not worried about stupid crap. You know, you're not worried about work. You're not thinking about you know paying your taxes and how you're going to make ends meet or whatever stress you're under. You're just worried about like. Okay, I need to get water. I need to start a fire. I need to set up camp. <laughs> you know, uh, you're not thinking about all that crap, and it's like a little vacation for your brain. Like I said earlier, it's it's the best therapy I, I found. I mean, you know, and it's I, healthy. I, I put in my headphones when I'm out there and just listen to some music, and nobody's around, and just you and nature. It's it's awesome. Yeah, a lot of the escapes, and I'm doing it in quotes that people find are not healthy, and that's one that's extremely healthy i mean look how healthy you got just to do it and then not to mention the you know the physicality of of doing something like that it's really good for you it is all right well mr barry pool thanks for sitting down with me for a few minutes we're fixing to have uh some awesome barbecue or at least it was awesome last night when i got done smoking it uh but i was a little intoxicated so i, I hope it's it's still as good as it was i'm sure it is in that state <laughs>
All right. Thanks for having me. Yup, yup. All right. Thank you, Mr. Barry Poole, for stopping by and <clears throat> doing a quick interview with us. I actually did that interview with him about three weeks ago, maybe a month. And uh, there was a bunch of people over here. And you know how it is when you're trying to do an interview and, like, everybody's in the background. It's horrible. Trying to keep quiet. Yeah. But uh, – it was a good. It was a good talk. Uh, Barry's always like real professional. You know how he's uh, real meticulous about everything. Oh yeah, he's self-proclaimed OCD. Um, I want to play something for you, and I don't know if this is going to come through the microphones or not. If it if it don't, I can I can dub it in. But I'm I'm just going to give you that. This is just one example. And when I was listening to this on the way to Texas, it clicked. I'm just going to skip through this song. It's uh, from Iron Maiden's 2015 album, uh, Brave New World. The song's called Blood Brothers. And they played it at the show. That's the first time I heard this song. At the show. It. It's, it's a good one show. of my favorites. It's a good song. Oh, and the way he introed this song, he was talking about the diversity of the people there. Oh, and how, yes. like, everybody tries to divide us. And we're not divided. We're like, because music brings you together. Like, it gave me chills. I'm like, oh, It was a good, yeah. And that then was... he plays Blood Brothers. And I'm like, oh, God, that's perfect. Yeah. But listen, listen to this. Uh, just this music piece right here. All right. Now, let me skip ahead to uh, listen to that. Let me skip ahead to three minutes when they do the another musical break. Does that not sound medieval? Yeah. Almost Celtic? It almost sounds like... Almost Renaissance? When I was in the bathroom peeing and I heard this from a distance, I thought you was playing uh, Ailstorm. It's D&D music with heavy metal guitars. I, I thought you was playing that the pirate metal band. This is D&D music. Yeah. We like this because we're nerds. And he sword fights. He's yeah. a fencing champion. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's a you know, that's why he won against Eddie in the sword fight. But it just clicked when I heard this musical piece right here. I'm like, and this is just one example. Oh yeah. But in all of their music, they weave in this Renaissance period style, almost like like I said, Celtic, medieval style music in with heavy metal. Yeah. Uh, in a way that no other band does. Like right. I'm a huge Metallica fan. But there's no parallels to them in, like, Celtic. No. I like, mean, I guess the closest one would be, like, didn't Led Zeppelin. Medieval Zepp- music. Led Zeppelin done a song about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, I guess, which is a, it's a kick-ass song. But if you took the electricity out of this music and, uh, and played it with lutes oh, and yeah. harps, this would be a tavern thing in, yeah. in a D&D setting. I, I think the next time y'all play in D, y'all need to get the... Uh, Listen to that. You need to find a musical score of Blood Brothers and play it next time you're playing D&D with no lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and they'll be like, man, where did you find this D&D it's music? Iron. It's Iron Maiden. Maiden. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I always say it. You yeah. have to beep it out. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I was interested to see like what you thought about my... I, I, again, that's just I, one example. I, I caught on to that at the concert that there was an element of they sound somewhat medieval. Yeah, like that. I forget what's like. I used to know all those instruments. They're they're just different variations of, of guitars and a few wind instruments and 
Uh, but those big round back guitars yeah. that they played back then and all these renaissance I bet Bruce Dickinson would be a, like a badass DM, right? With his, with well, his, yeah. With his accent. <laughs> but like it's, it's almost like it's nerd metal. Well, it's I mean, I don't mean this negative, but like... Well, well, nerd isn't a negative thing anymore. I mean... When, when most, we were kids, it definitely was. Most metal bands do have an element of being somewhat of out, outcast anyway. It's yeah, not like... Like nerds were. It's not like glam rock. Glam rock, they were the pretty popular guys, right? Mm-hmm. They were all about, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, metal was underground. Metal was a little outcast. underground, a little obscure, just like the nerds was. So the you rebels, actually the... uh, would see more of that. It makes more sense for that to be in metal. Yeah. And the Iron Maiden wouldn't really classify as metal today, would it? I mean, it's by today's standards, no. But 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 by the standards when they were, you know, first come absolutely nineteen seventy five, definitely, yeah, definitely. And yeah, and metal is, is goes beyond just the the lyrics and the music. If you look at their their uh, artwork on yes. their album cover, well, you can't use like, that. Molly Hatchet's got some badass album covers. They are definitely an exception <laughs> of a band that you would think <laughs> is death metal. I mean, that is. Definitely not. I mean, the Bat Out of Hell album from Meatloaf. Yeah, that looks like a heavy metal album. That's it looks true. like a heavy metal album. I mean, I'm not. I love Meatloaf now. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's not what you expect. No. Yeah. But yeah, if you look at all the uh, Eddie is a, such a big part, and uh, you know, like uh, Megadeth has Victor Rattlehead. Uh, See, I didn't. I was trying to think of his name on the way back from Texas. I couldn't think of the name of it. And I actually uh, said Vox Remark. There, there's the name. several bands that have like a, a mascot type thing. It's, uh, not a many. I think Megadeth and, and Iron Raiden are the, the two that, that that stuck. No, the rest of them really didn't. And really Eddie stands out. Eddie is like leaps and way above. Or the Megadeth, the, the Misfits, the Fiend Skull. Yeah, but that's just the, like a. It's so synonymous it's just a with picture. The, the it's not like a. They don't have a ten foot tall one coming out on the show, stage. No, but they do have a regular size one. Regular, out. regular size would come out. Uh, my my Monte Crew had one for a little bit in the eighties. Alistair Fiend. Alistair Fiend. It didn't. Yep. St- it, that didn't really stick. It was cool though, but yeah. it, it didn't stick. Yeah, had some cool T-shirts with it on earlier on. Like after Girls, 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 it went away, right? And then you got uh, people like Alice Cooper who are kind of their own avatar. Their their own, yeah, their own <laughs> like mascot. He is the avatar. He is like he he said, "I'm Alice Cooper," and then I'm the other guy when I'm not in the band. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I I can't like you, you almost get like a certain kind of buzz, and it's not a beer or drug buzz when you're at a show like that. It's so phenomenal, and I'm not I haven't come down from it yet. I'm still jamming. They Iron was Maiden. uh the the girls jamming Iron Maiden every day. Laura and Alicia was giggling their ass off at us at, when at we us. got back. Yeah, that's because we was like little kids who just got a BB gun <laughs> and a bicycle. We just got the Huffy with the mag wheels. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, that's what we, that's how giddy we was when we got back. But right after y'all left, I dumped. My energy went boom, and I was bow. I hit the bed hard. Yeah. Yeah, I went. I went home and went to bed. More so than I thought I would. Yeah. Because I wasn't uh, the 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 only guy, you know light buzz I had was just from what we drank at the Driscoll. And uh, that wore off during the show. Yeah. And. Uh, we went back to y'all's place. I got a little buzz when we got back. I don't know if I was just amped up on a drink. Well, I just smashed some of that Godfather pizza. That was pizza amazing. was amazing. <laughs> but I drank. Uh, we drank a camp, a, a camp beer, 
Yeah. Uh, from uh, from Zil- Zilkers. And what was that whiskey you had that was? And so then good? I had some uh, whiskey from uh, Treaty Oak that I got in uh, Texas. Yeah, that was good. That was an amazing, amazing place. It's it's from uh, I think it's Dripping Springs. It's right on the outskirts. I wasn't going to talk about this episode, but you kind of segued into it, didn't you? Uh, I'm a sneaky Boston. We had a uh, absolute amazing time out there, and uh, actually, uh, they make beer, they make whiskey, they make wine. I got a flight of whiskey. Yeah, you sent me the picture. I got a flight of whiskey. I got a beer. Uh, I bought a bottle of whiskey. I bought a thing of gin because she brought us a little Nadine. Nadine was an amazing server. She uh, not took, a gin guy. Took care of her. I absolutely hate gin. Repulsed by it. Tastes like a Christmas tree. Do not want it. Pine but, uh, saw. Nadine. She uh, she was awesome and she was bringing. She brought everybody in there a little sample of this little concoction. This little little mixed drink, little fruit, fruit, fruity raspberry mixed drink or something. And I tasted it. It was good. And I can actually taste the gin in it. And wasn't turned away by it. So uh, I said, I want Kim, my buddy Kim, he likes gin, so I got a bottle for him. So I gave it, brought it to him, and I seen him today when we was eating lunch. And I seen him today, and he said that gin was absolutely amazing. So. Yeah, you know, a mixologist can really, you know, Nikki was over here one night, Sean's wife, making some drinks. And one of the ingredients was White Claw. Yeah, and I'm. I would rather yeah. you like kick me in the ass than make me drink a white claw. And I'm sorry if the if white claw people are offended. It's just not my jam. Yeah, it, it's uh, modern day Zima is all it is if, to me. If you want to be a sponsor, we'll yeah. change our tune. We'll, we'll definitely change we'll, our minds. We'll we'll hold the can up and pour them out when you're not looking. Um, <laughs> but she was like, Mark, you need, let me make you one of these drinks. I'm like, I don't like anything that's in that drink. Because she had, like, this liqueur that I don't like and the White Claw and this and that. She said, Mark, I used to be a bartender. Trust me. Drink this drink. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll try it. I'll try anything. I took a sip. I was like, son of a bitch. See, that's, I was mad that it was so see, good. See, that's what uh, I it's pretty like. damn good. Actually. When, uh, it's like I never shot whiskey until I started hanging out with you. <laughs> I did. I just did. I drank it. to be it. a bad influence. I drank it. I mean, I would chug it out of a bottle. You know, I'd John Wayne it. But I wouldn't really... Pour one in a shot glass. We gotta keep shoot, it classy sometimes. And shoot it, but I like. But now I basically, if it's whiskey, if it's decent whiskey, I just pour it in a glass. Pour in a glass, yeah. Buying cheap stuff. Keep it classy. Don't drink. But uh, the shots now, I would we would like a purple heart shot or a redhead slut shot. That's what I shot. So yeah, that brings back memories. That's yeah. So that's what y'all need to start making those out here if y'all want me to do a shot. I want some love. Purple hearts, man. Those were sweet. God, they were so good. But I love them though. But like nowadays, I'm not into the sweet though. Like I don't want sweet shit in my. That's alcohol. why you shoot it. No, I just love. I love the taste of Jack Daniels. I'll drink it. I'll shoot it. I'll uh, no no put ice I'm in it. Not shooting it. Sip it. I just don't. I'll pretend. Well, I say shoot it. I've done gotten to where, and I've been this way for a while. Well, you know what now. I mean, though. I, you we don't... pour our shots into a shot glass, uh, but I can't tell you the last time I slammed. I'm not slamming. Like, it'll a take me two or three decent, sips. Yeah. Not that I can't slam it. I I'm, just enjoy the taste of Jack Daniels. So I'm not. It's a pretty good shit. Yeah, you sh- slam whiskey that... And you're wasting it, kind of. You slam whiskey that tastes like crap. That's why you slam it. Yeah, and you you waste it because you don't yeah. get to enjoy it. Right. Yeah, you're just choking it down. It'd be like, you know how when you were a little kid and your mom made you eat something you didn't like and you, you held your nose so you wouldn't taste it as much? Right. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. So, yeah, like if you pour me a shot right now... Okay, here's a good example. I poured this shot. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. 
I've been sitting here nursing it for yeah. an hour. I do. Yeah, I get that. That's what I do when y'all say let's do a shot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then sometimes I'm just like, I'll take a whiskey glass and pour about that much Jack and just drop a cube of ice in it and yeah. just sip on it. Next time we do car bombs out here. That's not how classy I want to be. Next time we do car bombs out here, we're using screwball. Oh, we're going to make Reese's peanut butter cups. I like screwball, but I just don't like that sweet. I it's, like the peanut butter, but well, I don't like the we sweet. We aren't going to use Bailey's, and Bailey's is just equally as sweet. Yeah. I like car bombs. So if we do half whiskey, half screwball, drop it in there, and we'll get the peanut butter. That's all you would want. So we'll get a little peanut butter taste, and we'll see how it goes with the... I'll try it. The... Uh, Old boots. We need to do that at the... Uh, I've already used my quota, so I can't say the real name. <laughs> we need to do that at the uh, Hall- <coughs> Halloween party. We don't have any beer. I, don't, I won't have a... We won't have enough time. I won't either. have enough time to make a stout. No. When are we going to do another damn barley wine? When am I going to make a beer? I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i so freaking busy. I got a keg. I spent $50 on a part to make the keg work. And I got... I got pretty a, neat though. I got fifty-five pounds of grain at the house. You gotta admit that was neat. What? The little thing you got that carbonates while it ferments. Oh yeah, uh, I got all that stuff. I can ferment twelve gallons of beer in a 15, sixteen-gallon keg. And you've got the anvil. Uh, and so I mean, well, I can't do sixteen gallons, and then I'd have to get the propane out for that. <laughs> but uh, I still haven't done it. I got all that stuff. I mean, Alicia bought me that nice 22-gallon pot, and I've never used it. Well, she bought you a 22-gallon pot. You know, you probably needed a 10-gallon pot. Probably. Yeah. It's a nice pot, though. It's a nice pot, though. <laughs> uh, I need, Hey, we need. you get a burner. We'll meet up at the house. We'll brew some I beer. I got a burner. Huh? I got a burner. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's one we used to use. Bring your burner over. Yeah. Bring your burner over to the house. I got my burner to the house. It's starting to get cool in the evenings. We'll sit there and. That would be perfect for yeah. like a night brew. Yeah. I don't I'll have start a. Start at like five and brew till whenever. No. What? No, I'm not doing that. What's wrong with that? Because I get done at five. I'm not starting. Five is when you start drinking. We've done night brews before. I don't like them, though. Oh, really? Five, because I can't I, drink. I can't drink and get a buzz when I'm brewing. Oh, I, I, I did. Y'all did. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen that judgy face. <laughs> and that's why I don't bring my stuff over here anymore. <laughs> uh, I get up I and get... That's what you're supposed to do. Well, I get up and get done, and then after I'm done, I can drink. So that's why, uh, I, yeah. All right, so we ready to wrap this up? Oh, yeah, we are right at an hour by the time we... Oh, by the time I put that interview in here, yeah, we're way over an hour. Yeah. Which Kelly hates it when I talk about the time. And he's right. It doesn't really matter how long they we don't. Go. We can talk as much as we want. By the time we do our kissy noises and... Uh, we have nothing but freedom here. Talk about the first and only floor. We need to have... I need to... We're going to have a mini meeting. We need to get our shit together for next month. Because next month is going to be wide open for me. Yeah. And I've got some stuff planned, but not enough. <laughs> we... Next next year, Halloween, we're going to be prepared. Every year we say that. <laughs> yeah. Next year for the con, we're going to be prepared. we got to be prepared for the con anyway because they might announce that next week it's going to be in March. Yeah. If they do that, we're, you know, we may be screwed. We won't be. We'll figure it out. But I never did. I told you we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre when we got back. Not that night, but the, but the yeah, next yeah. night. Alicia didn't really like it. Well, it's, it's not But hard. when I said there's a modern... Day sequel sequel that's on Netflix. I was like, I'd like to watch it. She's like, I'll, I'll watch it. I just she didn't hate it, 
It's just not her. Did you watch the sequel? Style of horror. No. You need to watch it. Yeah, we're going to. Next it ties right in. Available. It ties right she in. She had to go to work for her seven ohm. And uh, yeah, the next uh, probably the next movie we watch is going to be that sequel. I'm late to the party on it for sure. I watched it as soon as it came out. As soon as it was available, I watched it. And I watched the, text, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre the day before it came out, so I was prepared. Yeah, I'm glad it's fresh on my mind because I didn't realize how long it had been God. since I've watched it until I rewatched it. I was like, man, as much as I love horror movies, I haven't watched this in a long time because like, I forgot how much time they actually spent at the gas station. And then yeah. they came back to the gas station. Okay, I think that's probably the... That's the beginning. I mean, that's the, it's the beginning. They filmed it in 73. They filmed it, but you say it came out in 74. That's Halloween, Halloween came out in 78. So it wasn't long before they jumped on the, the horror train. Yeah. And then two years after that, Friday and thir- Friday Halloween thir- was so successful that it spun off everything. Yeah. And then Halloween came out in 78. My, uh, Friday Everybody thir- was like, oh shit, horror can make money. <laughs> Friday 13th came out in what, 80? Uh,. The first one. And then yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street came out 84, 85. I think it was 85. 79 or 80? I think it was 80. If I got this right and you didn't, oh, Lord, you're never going to hear that. No, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> it's, I'm it's almost rounded. positive it's 80. Yep. Yeah. And for Well, it, I just listened to an audio book by Sean Cunningham about the making of it, and they, they worked on this for, like, years before yes. it came out. Nightmare, and Nightmare on Elm Street was 84. So, like, when I say the year, I'm, yeah, I'm also thinking think about, about when they make it. When yeah. they were making it. So, it yeah. was 84, 85, Friday 13th. Like, I think they started Star Wars in 76. It came out in 76. Or somebody got in 77. I thought it was 77. Damn, we suck at nerding. God. We're, we're, hey, within, within two years, we're good. I can't good. believe I'm going to Google Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. You might be right. I think it is 77. Yeah. Yeah. When did Friday 13th, uh, when did Nightmare on Elm Street come out? That was in the eighties. Eighty four, eighty five. I'm gonna say eighty four. I'm 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 think I'm with you. Yep, eighty four. Eighty four? Yeah. But it's so weird because movies really hung in there back then. Well, that's all he had. Because in eighty three I was what, seventy six, seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty one, eighty two. I was seven years old. But I remember watching it not out on your fingers. Not at seven. Yeah. I'm not good at math, dude. I don't ever. Oh, with seventy. Yeah, you was born in '76. I don't know why math made me think of this, but I gotta show you this riddle I figured out last night at D and D. I was proud of myself. I would have done that different. Set. You was born in '76. Eighty-six would have been ten, and I would have subtracted that from that. Eight point eight percent alcohol beer. (laughs) I drank one too. (laughs) I also drank one. But uh. And I think about, like, my favorite Friday the 13th is part part six. I was nine when it came out. But I didn't watch it when I was nine. It was still oh, right. around. Like, it was still big in, like, movie rental. That's what was cool I didn't about go to theater that, and watch that guy it. who worked there. Of course, I guess he has to be. He was a fan of horror movies. Like you said, I wasn't a fan of five, but I liked The Mask. And he said, but they had a good kill scene. You know, yeah, he knew I, the I was, stuff. I was like, "Oh, Roy!" He's he, like, "Yeah, he, oh, Roy!" He knew that's the guy he that, knew what yeah. he knew his thing. Uh, so that was oh, pretty Roy cool. was the the character that portrayed Jason, not the in the movie. He was called Roy. 
and I told him, and it's true, I don't like that movie, but I do like the mask from Part 5, those big, giant blue chevrons on the cheeks. I actually and like those. those are, it actually looks like the cool. only, I didn't realize the movie sucked until the end when I realized it wasn't Jason. So, I mean, to me, the movie, yeah. the movie was okay. Uh, you don't yeah. like it after the fact. It had a cool, yeah, that's true. It had, a, it had some good kill scenes. I actually changed, famously changed my my least favorite Friday the 13th to from 5 to 9. 9 to just a piece of garbage. But anyway, what are, what did we say we're at? 187? 187. You sure? No, you told me before we started. This was 186. Well, 187's yeah. fixing to come out, so this is 188. It's 188. Yeah. Time travel. Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture. Episode 188. We've been broadcasting live from High Top, the Kill J headquarters at the Kill J Ranch. Love you, bye. Well, you can do it louder than that. Well, I try to be really, really quiet and it tickled. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs>